Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports Ballet Hour podcast. This is uh, Ethan Shap. And Evan Sillett. And today we're doing like a week 11 and week 12 combined reactions. Um, we got some other stuff going on uh, with like finals and stuff. So we're just going to put them both in the one for this. Uh, so week 11, Thursday night game, big, uh, what, NFC West divisional game, Cardinals and Seahawks. Uh, I believe we both had the Cardinals win this game, right? We did indeed. Yeah. And it was a good game. Uh, Seahawks win 28-21. The name, uh, like, the way the game went was zero turnovers. Both quarterbacks played a fantastic game. And my big question to you is, was um, with Russell Wilson having zero turnovers, his he had had 10, 10 turnovers the last three weeks leading up to this game. Is he back on his MVP, I guess you could say, like, season or MVP track? I would believe he's back – like he's solidified himself into the race, but it's okay. impossible. I don't think he's claimed him. He's claimed the number one throne. Yeah. Okay, but I, you think I he's think still he's still back on he's back on track. Yes. Okay. As long as he continue, if he can proceed to play, even not not relatively like this, like this, because it was a relatively low yardage game. He had 197 yards, but yeah. overall, I think if he can um repeat this throughout at least three more games, and then exceed it, I can see him being the MVP. I agree with that. Uh, I, th- um, I think Russell, uh, I think as of right now, I'd have to pick Patrick Mahomes to be my MVP, but I do think he he's back on track to have a chance. He was kind of going haywire there for a little bit. So, um, one big takeaway from this game, just well, from watching it, was the um, how unreliable the defense of the Cardinals was. I felt like they were very lackluster, and they they did lose a linebacker early in the game, forcing Isaiah Simmons to step up. But I feel like if you have if you're forcing your rookie to be your number one linebacker and make all make big plays, it's kind of not a good situation. So I, I did. I mean, props to Isaiah Simmons. He stepped up in a big way. Nine tackles, one assist, and a sack, which is fantastic. Stat line's better than any stat line. The rest of the uh. Cardinals defense had. And then um, another thing that scared me was the uh, rushing game for the Cardinals. The Cardinals yeah. Kenyon Drake came back. He's coming off of an injury, so it's hard to, like, peg it as, you know, his fault. But he only had 11 – he had 11 carries for 29 yards. That's an average of 2.6. That's not – that is not at all what you need to beat the Seahawks defense or at least the Seahawks as a, as a whole. You need to be fantastic on both sides of the offensive field. Yeah, um, I agree. I thought um, when we talked about it last week, when we were talking about who's going to win the division, who's going to win this game, I had Seahawks winning the division, Cardinals winning this game. I just thought that the uh, Cardinals offense would be a little bit too overpowered uh, for the Seahawks defense, who have been struggling a little bit. They, they, lost, they lost week 10 to the Rams. But uh, I think the Seahawks uh, defense did a great job uh, limiting – like you already said, the rush. And then Larry Fitzgerald was a team high, 62 yards. The op, the op, uh, 51 yards. I thought they did a great job of containing those big playmakers. And Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray seemed to have, like, some kind of shoulder problem for a little bit. But I was mostly impressed with the Seahawks defense and uh, being able to contain this uh, high-powered Cardinals offense. Would I would agree. Um, is that all? Yep. So, uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is – the Dolphins and the Broncos, and the Broncos won this game 20 to 13. Uh, the reason why we're going to talk about this game is is because I was just really surprised that the Broncos actually won. 
thought the Dolphins are playing great football. Uh, I think the last podcast we talked about, I thought they were playing, honestly, like the best on all three sides of the ball. Um, special teams had consistently been making plays. Two has been looking good with the offense. Their defense has been, honestly, one of the best in the league. Holding the team to 20 points is still pretty good. Um, but the big thing for me is them, them taking out to a, at the end of the game, not because of injury-related reasons, just because they think Fitzpatrick gave them a better chance to win. I don't know if I agree with – actually, I know I don't agree with that. Uh, Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger, but, like, I don't think pulling your rookie out of a definitely a winnable game is the right call there. And I don't know. I just didn't like to see that happen. It's, like, what, his third, third or fourth start? Yeah, he hasn't even – you know, he's barely even popped his cherry in the league. So, yeah. overall, I don't agree with the pulling of him. Uh, and then overall, like, I'm sorry, I'm saying overall a lot. But, like, as a whole, the Dolphins played pretty poorly yeah. against the banged-up COVID Broncos. Not, not as banged-up as we 12, but definitely not at the peak of what they could be. So I think it was just appalling that uh that they lost like this. And then also I want to compare the stat lines to between two and Ryan Fitzpatrick because they're not very different except for one stat. Ryan Fitzpatrick had 12 uh completions on 18 attempts. Tua had 11 on 20. So Ryan Fitzpatrick made one more on two less throws, but he had one interception to Tua's one touchdown. Yep. So they just subbed him in for uh, performance reasons on Tua, and then he went and threw an interception. So he's obviously not the guy. Yeah. And, uh, and like, this is like you said, like, Tua, like, he's young. They didn't even let him finish his first loss. They pulled him. I mean, like, I just – I know they're all about making a culture down there, and I don't I, – to me, that doesn't send the right message. Yeah, and then it's also – it's installing into Tua that if he plays even remotely bad, he's just going to be pulled. Exactly. And then also another problem is the rushing game. They with Miles Gas with Miles Gaskin injured, they've been relying on you know in my opinion second-rate running backs with Salvin Ahmed and Matt Breda. So I mean I just feel like this team was banged up going to the it, they just not having a rushing game hurts especially a rookie quarterback because there's nothing there's no safety net. Every every play is pretty much running through him, and if he plays bat poorly, then it reflects heavily on him. And then, uh, I mean, I want to give like he made a dot on the sideline to uh, Devontae Parker on the left hand. So like props to him for being able to make a hard over the shoulder throw, back shoulder throw. Yeah, I agree. Um, next game we're gonna talk about is. The Cowboys and the Vikings, and the Cowboys who win this game 31-28. to uh, You can start this one off. I mean, just wow. The Vikings were making a push to try and, you know, maybe contend for the division, possibly, and or push for a wild card spot. And I feel like this is just a dream crusher. I feel like this just takes away that chance because, number one, your tiebreakers in the NFC are literally going to be bottom tier because you just lost to a 3-7 and seven team. Well, two and seven going into the game. Um, I'm yeah, no, no, three and seven. I apologize, but um, I mean, I want to get props to Andy Dalton. He stepped up and did exactly what uh we've been expecting him to do: come in and make reliable check down throws, and even push a, a long, long downfield throw every now and then. 
He had no, 22 completions, 32 attempts, 203 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. I think that's a pr- fantastic stat line for a uh, backup. I think uh, Andy Dalton and Kirk Cousins both played a lot better than I thought. Um, you just read Dalton's stats. Kirk Cousins were very good as well. 22 completions, 30 uh, attempts, 314 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I know this Dallas defense isn't – well, it's terrible, but um, <laughs> what's it called? Both, like, both these quarter – like Dalton, like you said, is a backup, and Kirk Cousins has had a very up-and-down season. Um, so it's nice to see them all put it together. I think uh, Dalvin Cook also a workhorse, uh, 27 carries. 115 yards of a touchdown, and then you can't the big ask player, from a running back. Yeah, the big player of the game for me is Adam Thielen. Eight receptions, 123 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, man was just cooking everybody. And then on the flip side, um, C.D. Lamb with that nice touchdown where, like, he readjusted in midair. Like, he didn't have the best stat line today, only 34 yards, but a touchdown. That catch in itself was just an amazing catch. So, yeah, those are my overall thoughts for the this game. Uh, I think it was a pretty ugly game. Um overall um but yeah i mean i feel like this game was a really offensive game and i think it just came down to um the defenses being able to make one stop and the cowboys defense was able to make that stop near the very end and then it also zeke finally came out of his cabo shell and had 21 carries and 103 yards like I don't know if that's his best game of the year, but it's definitely up there. For one his, of them, yeah. One of them. So he probably, finally, it probably, it probably is. Not, I, he I finally dropped a hundred yard game, which we all know he can. It just he hasn't been doing this year. Yeah. Oh, also, Kirk Cousins did have a fumble, so they both Andy Dalton and him both had three touchdowns, one turnover. Dalton threw a pick. Cousins had a fumble, which makes sense because it's Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton. But yeah, I just think the diversity on the wide receiving core also helped out a lot on the. Uh, for the Cowboys, just having three reliable wide receivers compared to the two the Vikings have. Yep, no, I agree with that. Um, next thing we're talking about is the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Indianapolis Colts. The Colts win this game 34 to 31 in overtime. They outscored the Packers in a comeback fashion, uh, 17 to three in the uh, third and fourth quarter. And if you combine the third, fourth, and overtime, they outscored them uh, 20 to three, which is when when you go into the halftime with a uh, twenty eight to fourteen lead, there's really no no excuse not to win the game, especially when you have Aaron Rodgers. So I was pretty disappointed in this Green Bay team, especially when the NFC right now is so up for grabs, open for who's gonna be the real team. And then you have a team that just kind of I know the Colts defense is good, but it kind of just falls apart down the stretch where they could easily put this game away. Yeah, I just feel like this is such like it's not a make or break, but it's definitely would put you in safe. It would make you feel a lot better going into your next games about your division, in especially because, I mean, yes, a lot of the, the teams in their division have fell off. Like the Bears are on a losing streak and the Vikings losing this game. But I still feel like either of those teams can go on a win streak and if the Packers don't clean up this act that they just had against the Colts, I think they can repeat and lose just like this. Uh, I think I think they'll still win the division. I mean, I remember at the beginning of the year we both had the Vikings winning. Yeah. But I think I think the Packers are still winning. I just think more of like a, I don't know if you want to say like swagger, but just more of like trying to be that team in the NFC. No team has really jumped up and claimed it. And no. And when you're blowing, so I don't think they'll lose the division. I, th- I definitely think they're going to the playoffs. Definitely think they'll win the division. But I mean, I don't know. It's just the Colts have been like they're like 
pretty much an average team in the AFC. They lose some good games. Like, they, they lost to the Ravens. They uh, beat the Titans. And then, like, we'll get to it later. They lose to the Titans. So, they've won some good – they've beat some good teams, lost to some bad teams. But I don't think it was a game that Green Bay should have lost, especially when they had such a big lead. So, I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating. That's my, that's my takeaway for the Packers game. I would agree. I mean, what, Aaron Rodgers is literally doing everything he can. And it just came down to that big fumble. Was this, the, was this the game that um, – let me look. Devontae Adams, did he have a good game this game? I would assume. Yeah, seven receptions, 106 yards, and one touchdown. I mean, any game Devontae Adams yeah. is healthy in, he usually has a pretty good one. Yeah, he's actually the only uh, receiver that's ever doing 100 yards a game on the season. You know, I mean, he is definitely the number one choice that I haven't – I mean, just seeing him consistently – because, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I'm a little bit of a Devontae Adams hater, but, I mean, he's given me no reason not to like him this yep. year. He's done everything perfectly. He's been the best number one option a quarterback can ask for, and he solidified himself as a top five wide receiver. I mean, I can't hate on that. That's just, you know, being dominant. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, the next thing we're going to talk about is the Chiefs-Raiders. And the Chiefs won this game 35 to 31 on a game-winning drive from Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I have uh, one thing, one last thing about the Colts uh, Packers. I think this is more, this is a bigger win for the Colts than it is a loss for the Packers. I think the Colts still have to fight for the division with the Titans, and having winning this big, winning this game against a uh, over 500 team, especially like the Packers who we know they're going to proceed to go over 500 can definitely make their tire breakers a lot better. I agree with that. That's a good, that's a good, um, good takeaway. But yeah, continue about the Chiefs and Raiders. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. So I think um, this game was a Sunday night game. Um, everyone thought it was going to be close. I thought the Chiefs were going to actually win by a little bit more than four points. Um, I, I thought the Raiders played an absolute amazing game. I don't really know if they could even have played a better game. Derek Carr completed 23 out of his 31 pass attempts for 275 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. The one interception was when he got the ball back with like 40 seconds left and was down by five or four, so he needs a touchdown. So he's yeah. just throwing the ball downfield. So I don't really write him off with that interception at all. Um, honestly, I thought the Raiders played a great game. I thought they, I thought they played as good as defense you can against um, the Chiefs. I thought – John, uh, Josh Abram played super physical defense. I thought he made a crucial mistake when he crashed down and left Travis Kelsey wide open in the middle of the end zone because Mahomes might run. But, I mean, he's still a young safety. He's, he's all about being um, very physical. So, I think he just got a little too excited in the moment and tried to – I think he wanted to make the big play. But he was so out of space. He was literally caught in dead zone. But for the Raiders offense, I thought Derek Carr played a fantastic game. And if it wasn't for uh, their fullback, Alec Ingold, and – who dropped two big play uh, passes on one drive. One was on the third down. One was on a first down for easy first downs. And Nelson Aguilar on the third down, who was coming around like a kind of like an end-around route and had to make like a diving attempt for the catch, hit him in the hands, and he dropped it. Both hard catches for the fullback and, the, and Aguilar, but both against the Chiefs team, you need to make hard catches. And I think if those two – just those two passes like went that way, I think it, def- it could have definitely been a different ending. So I thought the Raiders played a near perfect game, but it's you have to play pretty much a perfect game to beat uh, the Chiefs. 
Yeah, I mean, to keep up with Mahomes, you have to be – it has to be a high-scoring game every time. You have to – you have to either put yourself up by over 14 or keep a neck and neck, and it's very hard to do that. I mean, props to the, the – especially John Gruden for making a team that can compare and pretty much match the Chiefs. Yeah, no, um, thanks. Uh, I think I, – I mean, honestly, in, like, you can – in the first half, you can even say uh, Derek Carr outplayed Mahomes because Mahomes threw an interception – um, right off in that one, the, the third drive, I think, right in the red zone. But I mean, when you have Clyde Edwards-Helaire having 69 yards, two touchdowns, Le'Veon Bound a touchdown, Travis Kelsey 127 yards and a touchdown, and Tyreek Hill 102 yards and a touchdown. That's four players with five touchdowns. I mean, what are you really supposed to do? Well, like, they could beat you with, they could beat you with anything. I think you're muted, Evan. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think it just came down to uh, like the Raiders not being able to cap off the cap off the Chiefs, and then Mahomes just you know being the clutch that he is. Yeah. Driving down and making the last drive matter and win the game. Yep. Um. Yeah, I think that that's yeah pretty much. I mean, I didn't once you have it's almost like you have to score a touchdown. And leave them with like less than thirty-five seconds, because he literally drove down the field. But I think, I think with like a minute forty, and with like one timeout, and it didn't even, it didn't even look like they were in a rush. And most of their drives pretty much were like he went, sat back, takes a step or two to left or right, and then next thing you know, someone's wide open, and he, it, it doesn't even look like it almost looks effortless when their offense yeah. is cloaking. It's just, I, mean, it's, I don't know how you beat that. They just, they just. On that last drive, it was they beat them in every aspect of the game. Brow running, faking, like they faked the handoff and half the Raiders line bit. Like yep. why why are you biting? They're not gonna run the ball in a minute. Yep. And I still agree. bit. And then um it's very rare for the uh Chiefs to have three touchdowns on in rushing. Mm-hmm. Well, not rare in general, but like rare this year. Mm-hmm. And Le'Veon Bell had one and Clyde Edwards Alaire had two. Like, I, I don't think you can do anything when the rushing game is clicking like it was when they had Kareem Hunt as the starter. Yep. And Mahomes is uh, just being the Mahomes we all know and love. I mean, I just you can't you can't beat that. Yep. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is the money in that game, where the L.A. Rams beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-24. to 24. This was a nice close game. Um, I think, what, Tom Brady – uh, Jared Goff had three touchdowns and two interceptions. Tom Brady had two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, this is another primetime game that the Buccaneers just kind of fall short on. Um, yeah. I think the team, the team, like, they have the weapons and everything, but it's all about just making it work. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just even though me and you both aren't that big on the Rams, and I don't really know how they're going to play in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're competing even with – Golf sometimes careless turnovers. Their yeah. defense that has playmakers like Ramsey, the secondary, and obviously Donald uh, on the on the pass rush. They keep them in games, and Sean McVay is good enough to come in with the game plan to beat teams. So I mean, that's pretty much what it is. I would agree. Then I also think that the main the, a big reason to this game is Tom Brady's inability to throw the long ball. He's I think he's on the longest active streak of missing a 20-yard plus. 
since like 2016. Now I'm drawing a blank. Was the one that Skip Bayless was all pissed about? Was that this game against the Rams, or was that against the Chiefs next week? I I think it was against the Chiefs, but I don't actually. I don't. I'm not sure. I think it was Chiefs. No, I think it's say that loud. It was probably against the Chiefs. I feel like. Yeah, it's way more recent in my head. Yeah, but I would agree that like Tom Brady's inability to throw a long ball has just been a crutch because this team has so many great weapons like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Antonio Brown. Like all all three of those wide receivers would love to go deep and be thrown the deep ball or at least cut mid midfield like twenty yard plus and make get get hit. But yeah, Tom Brady sure. has been, had inability to just hit them and then. I think also, like, Bruce Arians, like, him, like, just bashing Tom Brady in, like, the media, I don't really know how that helps anything. Like, uh, I mean, like, it's almost like a blame game, and I don't I haven't, I haven't, don't really care enough to go and, like, look and see how Brady responds because, like, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't publicly. But, like, I, if you bash the same, like, quarter, your quarterback every week, like, kind of the same thing he did to James Winston, like – Eventually, I think you have to look at yourself, and maybe your scheme is a little bit too difficult for these players. Like, I mean, like, I mean, when are you going to realize like that everyone in your scheme just has season high in in like career highs in interceptions? Like, I mean, I feel like at some point it might be your kind of play calling or the way you run your offense. I, I just don't understand that. Like, I agree. Like, in the last two minutes of every game, that's when the Buccaneers look the best because that's when Tom Brady is, you know, running the plays. Yeah, but. I think that Bruce Arians' inability to accept responsibility for maybe not all the interceptions, but I at mean, least def- a few definitely of them. not, definitely not all of them. I mean, like I know he has a lot of wide receiver options, and that just makes it really hard on the quarterback because it was a wide receiver option. Not only is the 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 quarterback has to read the entire play, but then he also has to try to read the scenario of the wide receiver, and then throw a ball accurately where he thinks he'll go all in, what, the two seconds they have before Aaron Donald collapses you? I mean, what are you really supposed to do? Like, no, I And then, I mean, you know, as you just hint, as you just said towards it, the defense of this um, L.A. Rams is a lot more consistent than I thought. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I thought they were going to be more of a two-man two show with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. But, I mean. The secondary as a whole is playing fantastic, not just Ramsey. Oh, 100%. And, you know. For example, Jordan Fuller had two interceptions on the day. I mean, a lot of that was cleaning off of uh, Tom Brady's inability to throw the deep ball. But still, I mean, you just can't, you can't overlook that. Yeah, for sure. All right, you ready to go to Week 12? Yes, sir. So the first thing I want to talk about is the, the early Thanksgiving game, the Texans and Lions. Um, I think we both had Texans, and I think we both expected them to pretty much dominate the Lions. Uh, it was a little close at first, um, and then the Texans pulled away. Uh, Deshaun Watson just absolutely had a day. 17 completions on 25 attempts, 318 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and uh, 24 rushing yards. Uh, I mean, Will Fuller also was his guy that day. Six receptions, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Not his guy anymore. Um, yeah, not his guy anymore with a, a six game. That's probably why he got tested. That's probably got the random the drug test. But um, I think Deshaun Watson just – I mean, like, he just just kindly reminded everyone that he's a great uh, quarterback, young prospect. And if you actually – it's a shame he doesn't have a team around him because his potential with an actual team would be literally as high as possible. So. Agreed, agreed. Oh, and, and J.J. I mean, Watt's pick six was pretty impressive. <laughs> 
TJ Watt's a beast, man. That's why he's been voted many of times defensive. Well, voted for, not necessarily won a lot, but defensive play of the year. Yeah. But um, I mean, like if you're just looking at the this Detroit team just struggles without Kenny Galladay. Just yep. It's it's literally leaden day. The entire offense runs. I mean, I can, as a wide receiver that it runs through is actually kind of crazy. And then you know, de- their defense has just been god awful. Like, I I don't know what else to say. Matt Patricia is supposed to be. Oh, yeah, Matt oh, Patricia and the now. GM fired. Yeah, Matt Patricia and the GM fired after this loss, which has been a long time coming. Yeah, I mean, a little bit too too long, but. I mean, if you're a defensive-minded coach, that's okay. But he's never really drafted defensive players. He's always drafted wide offensive players. Well, you got Okuda he's... this year. Huh? Yeah, Okuda. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's that's one. All he does is sign washed-up Patriots uh, defensive players, and then they lose. Like, there's a reason why Belichick moves on from players. Like, I've never understood why people – would like want these def- these Patriots players that have worked fantastic in a scheme, but once they're out of that scheme, they're not that talented. Like they have some, they have athletic gifts, but I mean, like there's not there's not really a lot of talent there unless you're like Stephon Gilmore, who will probably work anywhere. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I just, I mean, I think this is a, a huge win for the Lions because you don't have Matt Patricia there anymore. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, it's just time to move forward, especially with a GM and a coach, a uh, new coach on the way. Um, they can just fully hit the restart button. I mean, they pretty I mean, much already I, have been, but... This is also, like, shining a light onto the Jets. Like, why haven't you fired Adam Gase yet? I mean, I mean, at this point in the year, like, I don't really see a point of firing a coach. Like, if early in the year when, like, let's say the Falcons did it or when the Texans did it, uh, it's because, like, you needed to get the guy out. But right now, the trade deadline's already gone. Like, I mean, it's just – you're pretty much just saying that you won't be very very competitive in, like, any of the games, I wouldn't think. Maybe maybe there'll be, like, a land and they'll rally a little bit. But that was earlier in the season. This late in the season, uh, I mean, like, I guess the point would just be that you really just don't want them around the, – you don't want them a part of your uh, franchise at all anymore. But, like, yeah. I mean, right now, just the offensive or defensive coordinator is going to step up and be the interim. And I don't, I don't even know which one you would say is better because the offense is non-existent without uh, – What's it called? Galladay, like we already said. Uh, Peters, Peterson had two touchdowns. Um, not a lot of yards, but I was still good to oh, see him scoring. And a big loss for this team was DeAndre Swift. Not having him was crucial. I think he's a big part of this offense now. And honestly, I would consider him the number one running back. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Even though he's been kind of forced to split with AP. But I still think he's... Like, with DeAndre Swift there, I don't think they should win, but I think they would probably have 30 on the day. Yeah, just a little but, bit more competitive on offense, probably a little bit longer drives. Maybe the Texans don't score as much. Time of possession yep. is probably more on the Lions' side. Um, and then uh, one my last takeaway from this game is T.J. Hawkinson. He's just been more and more a big part on the Detroit Lions' side of the offensive field. He's had He had five receptions for 89 yards. I think that's just – you know, getting him into the team and, you know, working with him and building chemistry with Matthew Stafford, I think this is going to be a pair to watch for next year. Yeah. Um, the next thing we're going to talk about is the other Thanksgiving game, the Washington football team and the Cowboys. Um, 
Only thing I really want to talk about is Antonio Gibson. Uh, 20, 20 rushes, 115 yards, three touchdowns, and then 21 yards and on two receptions. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, man just completely went off. He's the only um, reason I was able to beat uh, Dylan with uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Uh, I don't, What's it called? I don't even know how, like, that cat, like this game was close for a little bit, and in the second half just Washington put up 24 points, the Cowboys put up three. Um, it's kind of a, it's a huge embarrassing loss for the Cowboys, especially in home on Thanksgiving. Uh, but yeah, Washington was rolling and yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I have to say. Um, yeah, I mean, building off of the Antonio Gibson thing, he's by far the best rookie running back in this draft. I mean, he's just been the most dominant, I think. You could you there's arguments for Clyde and there's arguments for Swift and Dobbins, but I just uh, think, I think I think James Robinson's played pretty great too. He's a rookie? Undrafted, yeah. Oh did not know that. <laughs> I would definitely say it's between those two, but I mean they yeah. both have stepped up and pretty much de- declared themselves as beasts in the backfield. And this is Antonio Gibson's back to second week in a row dropping let me check real quick. But I'm pretty sure he dropped one or two touchdowns last week too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is his second week in a row with one touchdown and a minimum of one touchdown, and he dropped 94 against the Bengals last week. So he's had two back-to-back blow, just blowout weeks, and he's had I think he has four 100-yard uh, games on the day mm-hmm. on the year. But um, yeah, I would definitely say I would like the Antonio Gibson choice a little bit more because he's been forced to split with McKissick. And even and he's though still... he's splitting, he's still dropping a hundred yards, but James Robinson has definitely stepped up for that franchise. And I can't wait to see what he does with an actual team around him. Well, I'm pretty sure. Well, I think he's third in rushing yards right as of right now. I think it's Derrick Henry and then cook and then him. I'm pretty sure Camara has a ton of receiving yards. Um, yeah. Any more takeaways from this game? Um, I mean, I it just proves my point a lot more. I think the Washington the Washington football team is the team most set up in the NFC East or NFC least, if you will, least to win the division. <laughs> we only refer to them as the least here. <laughs> um, that's the only punishment they get for being so terrible, since they're going to host a playoff game. Yeah. Um, the next thing we're talking about is the LA Chargers and the uh, Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills won this game 27-17. to 17. Uh, My big takeaway was that uh, the Bills got their rushing game going with uh, Devil Secretary having 82 yards, Zach Moss having uh, 59, Josh Allen having 32 of his own. They had 172 total yards with a touchdown uh, from Josh Allen. Um, I really like to see them getting their rushing game going. Makes like I mean, he's obviously a part of it, but it just brings some balance. Uh, the one thing I would like to see on their offense is – for Josh, like Stephon Diggs is obviously a great receiver. I love Stephon Diggs, but I think Josh Allen just throws to him way too much, forces too many throws. He had nine targets. The second highest on the team is four. He had seven catches and only for 39 yards, which means that he probably wasn't really that open. And he's still seven catches for 39 yards. He's just forcing it. Now, Gabriel Davis had three receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, it worked out. And also, um, Cole Beasley had – a trick play, a beautiful 20-yard pass. But I just think for the Bills' offense, and they're 8-3. They're going to probably go to the playoffs as of right now. 
Yeah. Um, still competing, I think, with the Dolphins for the division. But um, to get their offense going, I just think if they get away from being so um, dependent on Stephon Diggs, moving the ball around to Beasley. And do we know when John Brown's coming back from injury, or is he is he done for the Ooh. year? Um, I wasn't it a hamstring or something? I, is... I'll look it up. But yeah, so I mean, if John Brown comes back, that'd be fantastic. Just because I know that he really spaces this uh this yeah. pass game out. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I think that would be the next step for this uh, offense. And then I think a big takeaway from this is the Bills defense. You know, they've been they've been playing like the Bills defense from majority of the games, but they've had a few off ones, and especially in this game, they held. In my opinion, one of the more high-powered offenses with a bad defense to 17 points. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah just, for sure. Um, I mean, and then another big takeaway is Austin Eckler came back mm-hmm. and immediately led the team in receiving and rushing. So I think that's I think we're gonna see a lot more of him in the f- last few weeks, and then the start of the year, I think they're just going to stick with him. So it's nice to see him come off of an injury and pretty much play exactly how he was supposed to be playing this whole year. Yeah, I think uh, Josh Allen uh, – not Josh Allen. Justin Herbert having 316 yards is pretty impressive. Um, we know this Bills defense can be good. We know their secondary is good. And um, I looked it up. John Brown was placed on the injury reserve after on November 28th, I'm pretty sure. So he'll be out for the next three weeks. So that's a shame. Yeah. But hopefully if he's healthy for playoffs, that's all that really matters. Yeah, honestly. And then I think they'll have their division, not not on lock, but they're definitely sitting pretty at the top. Yeah, no, they did they did themselves a favor by winning this game, um, and the and the Dolphins dropping the Broncos game was pretty big. Agreed. Um, next game we're going to talk about is the Titans and the Colts, and Titans exploded off <laughs> with a forty-five to twenty-six victory after the last game uh, was pretty close until the very end, where the Colts ended up winning off of special team blunders, but. Ryan Tannehill, 13 completions for 22 yards. I know, 13 completions off 22 attempts for 221 yards and one touchdown. He had one of those, like, play action, throw it over the top games. But the real yeah. the real person that makes this offense go, it has been no secret, it's been Derrick Henry. 27 rushing attempts, 178 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. I mean, what are you really supposed to do against that? Uh, you know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to run it. And when they don't run it, it's play action. And you got to watch A.J. Brown. And he still had – Four catches for 98 yards and a touchdown. So, like, you know exactly what they're going to do, but yeah. it's just it's can just... you stop it? And right now they're sitting at eight and three, so most people can't stop it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a huge game for them to win, to put them on the in top of the division. And then going back to what you were talking about, if you could stop them, even if you stop them on offense, their special teams scored. A.J. Brown got a kick return for a touchdown. Like... It's very – this team is so diverse on what they can do. And then, obviously, Gostowski, I think, is either tied or is, like, close to being tied with the most misses in the league. But he's also kicking a lot more than most kickers have to because of this high-powered offense. So, like, overall, I think this team is fantastic on the offensive side of the field. And then on defense with the addition of Desmond King, who has immediately came in and had an impact. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, this team, I feel like the Titans are are set to be a very dynamic and explosive team to go against any other any team in the NFL. I think any team they go against is going to be a, is going to be a fight. Yep. Uh, you ready to go to the next game? Yes, sir. 
Next game is uh, Panthers-Vikings, and the Vikings come back and win this game 28-27. This is one of the games that me and Evan went against each other, and it came down to the wire. Uh, before we get into this game, I want to give a shout-out to P.J. Walker, who won his first start last week. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it was 20 to nothing against the Lions. I think I picked them just, just basically off of – I wasn't sure if Teddy Bridgewater was going to play injured, and I've already seen injured Teddy Bridgewater play against the Falcons, and it's pretty bad. And then I didn't think PJ. I didn't think the Lions' offense would be once again non-existent without Kenny Galladay. So I thought Stafford could have went up against him, but uh, he played great, and he got his first win on his first ever start. So and I think well, he went five and zero in the XFL. So he hasn't lost a professional football game yet. So as a yeah. starter, so that's pretty exciting. But this game, um, I think well, this game the um, what's it called? <laughs> the Panthers blew. Uh, they let the Minnesota Vikings score eighteen points in the fourth quarter. Come back and win, and they missed the game-winning field goal that was what just short, right? If I remember that correctly, just short. It was uh, wide left. Oh yeah, it was the one that was like botched, right? Yeah, he just yeah. shanked it to the left. Like, <laughs> come on! If you, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, who has had who had a pretty off day, uh, in a hole until that final drive, through a a prayer, like Curtis Samuel, right? Yeah, Curtis Samuel, yeah. just just throw it up there and prayed he would catch it. He did. Put them in a position. He, he was able to make another quick pass. I don't remember who, too. But he made, remember, I remember making a quick pass, putting them in position for a kick. All Jordan tries to do is put it through the uprights. And just this game's it. a done deal. <laughs> and he just yeah. just shanks it. Just completely shanks it. Yeah, 51-yard field goal. Um, I think this game uh, – I mean, this the Vikings were able to come back and win even without uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, I was excited to see Justin Jefferson. I had seven. He had 13 targets on the day. So, you know, Cousins is has all the faith in him already, and I don't blame him. Two touchdowns, yeah. 70 yards, seven catches. And then Ola B.C. Johnson, I hope I'm not saying that. I'm probably saying it wrong, but seven, seven targets, Johnson, yeah. seven receptions, 74 yards. So, he was a nice little counterpiece. And then we already know Kyle Rudolph, eight targets, seven receptions, 68 yards. He, he – he doesn't drop passes, and he's a huge target in the middle of the field. So, I mean, you got to love him. Uh, Dalvin Cook had an, uh, an okay game, not like anything crazy that we've seen yeah. before. Well, what? He had like what? what and then um, Chad Beebe. Bebe? I'm okay. definitely butchering his name. He had the crucial catch in the end zone to put them into the lead. Oh, yeah, that was the guy that um, muffed the punt or the kickoff earlier in the game. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the game-winning catch. Um, yeah, so honestly, a pretty exciting game. Um, yeah, I mean, it was from start to finish a pretty competitive game. The Panthers pulled away at the third quarter, and I thought the game was over. Yeah, like, I, I, thought thought it was, the, I thought it was too. I thought the Panthers got on lock, and then the Vikings went out and outscored them 18-6 to in the fourth quarter and were just able to put themselves just a little ahead. I thought I was getting too poised this week because I knew the Packers were going to beat the Bears, and then – Freaking Panthers became the Falcons in like what a quarter. <laughs> oh Heard the watch. <laughs> I knew I was gonna eat my words because I did say early in the year that if Trubisky starts, I have the Bears winning. Yeah, you could have you could have definitely taken it back. You could be like, oh, it's a different team now. Like they're too injury prone or whatever. Or you could be like, the run game is literally non-existent because Montgomery. But didn't he, I think he actually had a big – probably had, like, his biggest run of the year. He had his year. best game yeah. of the year. <laughs> <laughs> he had his best game I think game he had his year. best year of the game, yeah. Because I was like – I remember why I was uh, driving a little bit for the game. But I remember 
as soon as I got to my house, I get on the TV and I just see this man running down the middle of the field, open field. I'm like, well, I've, I've literally never seen this before. Uh, oh, God. But, yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is Browns-Jaguars. And the Browns win this close game, 27-25. Uh, to uh, This game was actually a lot closer than I thought. Uh, I thought Cleveland would be able to pull away from this Jaguars um, offense run by Mike Glennon. But he actually played pretty well. He had uh, completed 20 out of his 35 passes, 235 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Baker Mayfield completed 19 out of 29 passes for 258 yards, two touchdowns. Very similar stats. But I think the main – the big storyline is Nick Chubb having uh, 19 rushes for 134 no, yards. Uh, and one touchdown. Uh, I think Nick Chubb um, – I mean, it's just showing that even with, like, the injury at early in the year, he's fully back to normal. And then you have Kareem Hunt, who's going to average 6.2 yards uh, carry. Uh, yeah, yeah, Hunt averaged 6.2, and Chubb averaged 7.6. So they literally have a monster double beast. And then Jarvis Landry is thriving right now. Averaged 143 yards, one touchdown. Uh, I don't know how you stop that. I mean, that's, that's dominant running and dominant in the receiver. So uh, the Browns, I just was, I was kind of surprised that the defense let the Jaguars hang around the one in 10 Jaguars on their third string quarterback. Yeah. Um, I would agree. And honestly, I think this just shows the Browns are flawed and they've just been kind of cleaning up on under 500 teams. I don't mean to put you on the spot. If you and I, you can also say you don't want to make a statement. I mean, I'm not gonna hold. I'm not gonna even hold you to it. Do you think they'll end up getting one of the wild cards in the AFC? The Browns. Yeah. Yes, but yeah. because of their schedule, not because of their team. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, also, before we move on to the next game, James Robinson. We kind of talked to him about it earlier. 22 rushing uh, attempts, 128 yards, and a touchdown. I mean. He's just playing great, especially for a rookie. What he is, he's just playing fantastic. So, no, I mean, I don't really think you can ask for much more from uh, him. He's doing everything and anything he can to put this team into the best position they can. They can be in. He did it against the. Um, he did it against the Steelers, and he he's the only reason they they really got into position to score. I mean, I'm just, I'm very, I've been very happy with his his way of gameplay, and I think with an actual QB, and so an actual defense, I think this team could be something. Yep. All right. Well, um, the next the next game we're going to talk about is the Giants and the Bengals. The Giants win this game 19-17. to 17. I actually thought the Giants were going to win pretty handily. Uh, I thought the Bengals without Burrow would definitely be a mess. But um, on, the, on the Giants' plus side, Daniel Jones had another week. I think this is, what, his third week ever now? Third week in a row as well with uh, without a turnover? Yeah. Uh, Completed 16 out of his 27 passes for 213 yards, no touchdowns, anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I thought I thought they would play a little bit better. Bengals. Uh, Brand Brandon Allen had a touchdown interception, but kept him in the game um, with very little running game too. Yeah. So I don't know. Overall, I thought I thought both like I thought both teams were. I mean, both teams aren't very good, and Daniel Jones did just enough to win the game. So I, I, yeah, I mean, there you go. I definitely think – I mean, I don't think anybody in their right mind is saying that the Bengals aren't – you know, that Burrow doesn't make the Bengals competitive with every team. But, I mean, like, this is just light and day. I think if they have Burrow, they win this game. Oh, no, I think so too. I mean, like, 
like I mean they have decent pieces, but like they had most of those pieces minus Tegan's last. They pretty much had all those pieces last year, and they were terrible. And Burroughs made them competitive in literally every game except the Steelers and Ravens game. He's been competitive. Uh, both Browns games, they were super competitive. I think this is just shining a light on the Giants' flaw. Like their special teams, in my opinion, is one of the bottom five in the league. They let up a kick return. It was just their defense. Their defense on uh, special teams is just god awful. Mm-hmm. And then I just think not not their inability to consistently score against teams is going to put them at a disadvantage going forward. And I think that they will come second in the NFC least. Oh, I mean, I think I think as of right now, you, which is so surprising that the Giants and the Washington might be the two top teams to pick from, not the Eagles and the <laughs> Cowboys. But I mean, I don't know. Those are the those are the two teams right now that I think we all agree are that are trending up. Um, next thing we're talking about is a shocker: uh, Cardinals Patriots. Patriots win, uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, Kyler Murray uh, had zero tu- uh, throwing touchdowns and zero rushing touchdowns and an interception. Uh, completed 22 out of his 34 attempts, 170 yards. Seemed to still have a little bit of problem with his shoulders. I, I don't really know what's going on with that. Um, their running game was better than the week before. They had 138 uh, rushing yards. Uh, 31 of them were for Kyler. But uh, once again, um, wide receivers pretty much held in check. Uh, Hopkins, I mean, five receptions, 55 yards. I mean, that's still averaging 11, but, like, nothing crazy special. And then on the Patriots side of the ball, I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. Like, Cam Cam played pretty bad, but Damian Harris, I mean, the stat line doesn't really show it. 14 attempts for 47 yards, only averaged 3.4, but he was just making plays. Cam yeah. also in the rushing game, nine attempts, 46 uh, yards, 5.1. So, um, oh, and then there you go. Uh, James White, well, he only had 18 yards, but he had two touchdowns in the red zone. So they just got it done pretty much on the ground, and they just played smart football. They didn't make any big mistakes. Uh, yeah, and that, that's pretty much that's pretty much what I have to say. My biggest takeaway from this game is this Belichick's the best coach right now. I mean, with what he's dealing with as a roster-wise, he's able to beat this high-powered Cardinals defense uh, offense. He held him to 17, and he just schemed perfectly for Kyler. And their goal line defense was unbreakable. Like, Kenyon Drake could barely push through the line once. He got he got oh, there yeah. once, but oh, yeah. he was Drake stopped got, twice. Drake was getting bullied in the red zone. I remember that. Drake was getting bullied. We were pointing that out. I mean, this is just Belichick being Belichick. I mean, this game, that's what I'm chalking up to. Yeah. Because it sure as hell wasn't the Patriots' offense winning in the game. And yeah. the defense stepped up, but it was definitely a big part of Belichick just having a perfect scheme. Yeah, even with Cam's two interceptions, they still were able to win. Yeah, I mean, props to Kenny and Drake, though. 22 carries, 78 yards, and two touchdowns. It's a fantastic stat line for a uh, running back. Yep. And then, yeah, yeah, I mean. So, next game? Yeah. Next game uh, I want to talk about is the Dolphins and the Jets. I don't really have a lot to say. Um, the Dolphins started Ryan Fitzpatrick because Tua hurt his thumb in practice. It was swollen. Couldn't uh, grip the ball properly. Uh, shout out to Mason Hart with the information. But uh, in this game, I don't really think it mattered who the Dolphins kind of started. Like, if you had to lose Tua for a game, I would pick this one. They won 20-3, to and I don't think there was really any sign of life that the Jets were going to do anything. Uh, Darnold struggled, two interceptions, no touchdowns. Um, and, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. 
Uh, the only takeaway from this oh. game is that Quinn and Williams is probably the highlight of this Jets defense. He had 1.5 sacks and four tackles, and that's that's about it. I mean, this team, this game was pretty much we know who's gonna win going into it. We know who who won. So overall, uh, your boy Devontae Parker had a good game. He had um yes, he did eight receptions, 119 yards. Uh, it makes sense because Fitzpatrick likes to sling the ball around and doesn't really care if he's careless with it. So it makes sense that a big playmaker wide receiver had a good game. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all my thoughts um, in this game. One last point. I'm just going to say this is like a future thing. I hope they don't take this into account. I mean, obviously it's a game. You won the game. Congratulations, Fitzpatrick. But, I mean, like, I feel like you have to keep Tua in. Oh, I think Tua should be – unless – if Tua is healthy, I don't think they should pull him because he's playing bad. He should play every single snap the rest of the year, win or lose, if he's healthy or not. Because even if he's playing bad, the last thing you want to do is rip this man out and ruin his, like, I don't know, just courage or faith in himself – going into next season. This is what it's all about. I mean, this destroys like, confidence. This, yeah. this season, they weren't even supposed to be here. So even being in the running right now is a fantastic plus. And I don't think what it did last week pulling him is smart. And I and I don't really want to see that in the future because I don't think that's any. I don't think that helps anyone because we already know Fitzpatrick's not the guy, and you're just you're just hurting Tua. So I don't I don't I don't I don't agree with that move at all. Agreed. Uh, the next game we're gonna talk about is the Falcons and the Raiders game. Falcons win. 43 to 6. And honestly, this is the shock of the week. Um, Raiders are coming off that game against the Chiefs where Derek Carr literally played fantastic to then turn around and have five fumbles and lose four of them. Uh, Derek Carr had three fumbles, lost all three. And Josh Jacobs had a fumble and lost one, which is actually kind of surprising because Josh Jacobs is a beast. And then Carr also had an interception, so he had a four turnover day. Uh, I mean, talk about, like, like ceiling, competing head-to-head with the Chiefs, almost sweeping them in the air to then just getting rocked by the freaking Falcons. Um, so, I mean, like, the, the Raiders are one of the teams pushing for the playoffs, so this game definitely hurts them. This is one of the easier ones. They have a few rough games ahead. So, I mean, like, this was the one that you definitely wanted to bank on. So, yeah. it does definitely hurt them. Um, but that's my main takeaway. Uh, just – the, I mean, the Raiders beating themselves. You can't have six turnovers in a day um, and expect to win the game. Or even like this, like, they're not even competitive. No. I mean, you can't – you cannot play like this moving forward, especially in the AFC for the Raiders. Like, you have to win these. Yeah. And this a huge loss. And it was not – it wasn't a loss. I apologize. It's a blowout. This is just, just complete and – they own the Falcons. Own the Raiders. Like they, every aspect of this game was dominated by the Falcons. Yep. Um. Next game we're going to talk about is the Saints and the Broncos. Saints won thirty-one to three. Uh, Broncos had all four of their quarterbacks out because of COVID, so they called up the practice squad. Kendall Hinton, which was he's a wide receiver, was a three-star high school recruit, and honestly, like man, played terrible. But, like, uh, uh, I can't – I think, like, I give him my hats off. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like putting just a random person at quarterback and just saying, like, good luck. Like, it's, like, honestly the closest thing to, like, like literally any of us. I mean, the man had a LinkedIn account saying that he was a sales associate, like, and he wasn't even on the team with the Broncos while he was playing the game. His LinkedIn was saying sales. Like, he wasn't even – 
he's pretty much pulling a random man in and putting him like you're seeing a regular person play quarterback, and he's not even a regular person. He's a D1 athlete and he's made it to an NFL roster. But at the end of the day, he threw more completions to the Saints than uh, than the Broncos. He had one completion out of nine attempts, and he had two interceptions. So I is obviously rough, and it just puts into perspective how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback. And to me, it just kind of shows like how like fantastic like Mahomes and all of them are. But uh, on the flip side, Taysom Hill now he's two and zero as a starter. Uh, didn't have a crazy uh, stat line for um, his his passing nine completions on sixteen attempts for seventy eight yards and interception. Uh, but he had forty four rushing yards and he got the job done. Two touchdowns and rushing. Uh, Latavius Murray had a game, 19 rushing attempts, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Agreed. Um, but I think we all know when a team literally doesn't have a quarterback that there's probably no way they can win the game. So, yeah. like, I don't and even think this game was worth watching if anyone wants. It wasn't the fact they don't have a quarterback. It's the fact they don't have quarterbacks. So, they don't have anything. Yeah, they, they don't have – they don't have a single one. I don't even know what happens if he gets hurt. I think Royce Freeman was supposed to be their emergency back. Oh, did you – I would have liked to see Royce Freeman or Cherry Judy personally, but <laughs> – that's just my personal preference. Um, I mean, this from start to finish, this was just domination, and then we we all know who's gonna win. I was kind of, I was very disappointed the way that Taysom Hill played. I think he's been very lackluster for this Saints team. Obviously, you know he's won two back to back, so don't pull him or anything. But he's, I mean, he went nine for sixteen, seven eight yards and in interception. It's not. It wasn't a passing-heavy game, but, like, overall, you're not going to beat an actual team with a quarterback like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think next week, uh, hope, they play the Chiefs next week on Sunday Night Football. Hopefully, at least Drew Locke or Blake Bortles or an actual, like, quarterback. I don't really know how well they'll play, but an actual quarterback is back in the lineup. Yeah. Um, next game we're talking about is the – <laughs> the LA Rams and the LA Rams kryptonite are also known as the 49ers. Uh, LA Rams, uh, the 49ers beat the Rams 23 to 20. Um, the Rams are seven and four and two of their losses come to the 49ers. Both times they were absolutely riddled with injuries. The last time all they had was Kittle and that's when they let Kittle beat them on like the fourth down hot route. And yeah. this time they don't have Kittle, they don't have Garoppolo, they have Mullins and Raheem Moster back and uh, Debo Samuel's a country born. Uh, Debo Samuel had a game, 11 receptions, 133 yards. But I don't know. I think it's pretty disappointing by the Rams. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is just beating Sean McVay in that department. But I mean, it does definitely comes down to a lot of the quarterback play. The quarterbacks combined for zero passing touchdowns and three interceptions. Jared Goff had two interceptions himself. Mullins had one. Uh, you know Nick Mullins. You know what he is. He's nothing special. And Jared Goff is just. I don't know. He's just – I feel like you kind of just have to deal with him. Like, they've already kind of paid him. He's, like, serviceable, but he's not going to, like, win you any games or make it easier for um, Sean McVay to win games for sure. For me, I mean, it's just – when the running game for the Rams starts popping off, Jared Goff falls off. Falls off. But when – they rely on the passing game, and the running game doesn't go anywhere. Jarekoff decides to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I don't. It's for, it's really hard to understand because usually those go hand in hand, and they've just been polar opposites. And then, I mean, you just being the Rams, you know, leading your division, you just can't 
lose this game. Yeah, you just got swept by a divisional rival that is literally a show of itself from last year. So, like, heading into next year, you'd have to assume that – I mean, in the division games, anything can happen. But you have to assume that the 49ers have a huge edge because, like, half of their starters are going back. Oh, Richard Sherman came back and got an interception today, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's good to see. I'm not even a huge Richard Sherman fan, but it is good to see he come back healthy, ready to play. Yeah. Definitely, if you're a 49ers fan, it's a good thing to see because, I mean, you know, you know he's going to play next – you know he's going to be healthy for next year. Yeah. Um. The next thing we're going to talk about is the Chiefs-Buccaneers, which has actually became a lot closer game. Uh, Buccaneers scored 14 points in the last quarter to the Chiefs' zero. And the Chiefs won this game 27-24 um, and are now 10-1. and um, Steelers are still 11-0, and so they're still the second seed. Uh, first off, I just want to say Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he had 200 yards in the first half. Yeah, I don't – he was literally unguardable. Um, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes had three touchdowns, zero interceptions, 462 yards. Um, not much of a run game, but it's because literally just feeding Tyreek Hill the ball and he's just making plays. Uh it's literally like a Madden, like my 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 career game. Like this is absurd. Like on the franchise mode, this is like that's literally like what your stat line would be on franchise. And he just two hundred sixty nine yards, thirteen receptions, three touchdowns. Like that's absurd. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think this game like, it ended up being a three position, uh, three point game. And Tom Brady had completed twenty seven out of his forty one attempts. Uh, three hundred forty-five yards, three touchdowns. He had two interceptions, which is just—I don't know. It's been a killer this entire. We kind of already hinted at it, just the interceptions yeah. being thrown. I really think they need to commit more to the run game. Only thirteen attempts. They did have seventy-five yards because Ronald Jones averaged seven point three yards a carry on nine carries for sixty-six yards, and then they just stopped going to him. So I mean, that has to be frustrating. Um, I just think a balance of the run game instead of having thirteen rushing attempts and 41 pass attempts, especially when Brady's been kind of struggling with throwing interceptions. I just – I think it would definitely be helpful. Um, I mean, so I don't, I don't know when they'll make that switch, if they'll make that switch. Building on to what you said, I mean, this has literally been preparing every single year. Even when he had Doug Martin, a little muscle hamster, <laughs> and when he was popping off, he was just – he still tried to throw the ball more. You have one of the better running backs in the league, use him. Like, Ronald Jones has literally been – every single game he's played in, he's either not been given the ball enough to prove himself or he's just lit up a field. I don't understand how you can't do that. And I understand Tom Brady, you know, you need to let Tom Brady throw the ball because it's Tom Brady. But Tom Brady's not his A game. You have Ronald Jones. Like, use him. Yeah, no, he's Ronald Jones, and he's been consistently dominant when he gets the touches. Yeah. Oh, no. All right, so uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is the Sunday night game, Packers-Bears. Packers win this game 41-25. to So I'm just going to talk about Trubisky to start. 26 completions uh, on 46 attempts, which is a ton. 242 yards. I mean, they had to come back, so I understand it. Uh, Three passing touchdowns, which is fantastic, but he had two interceptions and three fumbles. Only one was lost, but – this man's like ball security, especially when he's like running, like trying to evade like pass rushers, is like negative five. It just seems like 
every time he tries to step up, you just see the ball go like five yards in front of him. And I don't know. It's, I can see your face. I, it's just definitely rough to watch. Now they have deemed him the starter next week because if both their quarterbacks are going to be terrible, at least give me one that can occasionally run for like seven yards and can pick up a first down. Um, yeah, I'll let you talk about him before I talk about the two other players I want to talk about in the Bears. Thank so you, you can go. You. Um, I mean, there's no excuses. He played god awful. <laughs> I, 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 especially when David Montgomery had his best game of the year. I was able oh, yeah, to open 11, up things for Trubisky. 11 attempts, 103 yards. I I can't remember the last time he broke 100 yards if he has. So, good for him. I know we bashing him a lot, so good for him. Yeah. And then, I mean. Kareem Hunt would be better. This Trubisky's turnover <laughs> slash possession slash whatever you want to call it, ball security, was just god-awful this game. I mean, granted, he was getting hit almost every time he, sn- he dropped back for a pass. He was either getting pressured or hit or sacked. It was three sacks on day, which isn't an absurd amount, but it's a definitely a good amount. And he was pressured way more than he should be. And it's just this offensive line is bad. Mitch Trubisky is not 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 the answer. He's definitely if you're gonna have two bad quarterbacks, at least get the most athletic one. And then oh man, and then, the defense just crumb fell apart in the second quarter. Yeah, and the third, too. Agreed. Second and third, they just completely just – No, I'm sure I'm sure some of those parts were based off turnovers, though. Like, but, I mean, honestly, Trubisky in the fourth quarter has been lights out this year. <laughs> I mean, he only had 15, but, I mean like, – I mean, I think that's when they go to prevent. They're up by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was just making – I was making yeah, some light fourth, of the situation. Fourth, fourth quarter, Mitch, it's different. Yeah, I just kind thought – I mean, this is obviously a bad – this is a hard team. The the Packers are a hard team to beat, period. And when you let a team drop 21 on you in the second quarter (laughs) and then 14 in the third, you can come back as much as you want. When you're down 10 to 41, you're going to lose the game. (laughs) Yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, I think uh, Adam Robinson had an okay game. Uh, Actually, he had a good game. Eight receptions, 74 yards, two touchdowns. Um. Just to touch base on Green Bay a little bit, I mean, Rodgers had four touchdowns, zero interceptions, completed 21 out of 29 passes, pretty damn good, and 211 yards. Aaron Jones had 90 yards, averaged 5.3 yards per carry. And Adams and Tanya both caught touchdown passes, as well as Lazard and Mercedes Lewis. I mean, I don't know. Packers' offense is just flowing. Defense is getting pressure on Trubisky, and he was making mistakes. That's pretty much how the game went. If I'm being completely honest, all the props to the Packers' offensive line, they didn't allow the Bears – defensive line, which I think is one of the better in the league. Yeah, they didn't Especially allow... Khalil Mack, a single, there wasn't a single sack on the Bears' side of the field. Yeah, well, I mean, I think there's a certain point where you're sitting in, like, the second or third quarter, and they're putting up 21 and 14 yeah. off of turnovers that you're probably sitting there, and there's no way even Khalil Mack, one of the best defensive players in the league, can rally that team, because it's not like you have Mahomes sitting there on the sideline that you're never really out of it. You know what you got. You're, you're losing because of the guy that's sitting over there. And yeah. the backup's worse. So, uh, I don't even – I, I kind of want to see Khalil back get traded. I, I kind of – I feel like he's just, like, worthless there. Like, I, I think, the car, like, if he was put on the Cardinals team, like, you'd have him and Chandler Jones, like, that'd be fantastic. But, like, I don't know. Like, you'd have to probably give up the first for him, and I don't know if you want to do that. So, I don't know. This is thinking down the line. But I would love to see – Kill Mac on a team that actually competes. I think he got traded from the Raiders before they really got to. 
So, I know it's hard. I, I think they have a great defense, but, I mean, defense can only do so much. No, and especially when your defense has an off night. And yeah. you you, oh, yeah. you don't help out your defense by turning <laughs> the ball even more when they're having an off night. So when you turn the ball over a lot, your defense isn't playing up to its usual self. You're bound to get destroyed. And yep. this is 25 to 41. Packers yep. win. I mean, that's all she wrote. Yep. Uh, the next thing we're talking about is the Monday night game, Seahawks-Eagles. Seahawks win 23 to 17. Uh, this game wasn't actually that close. It was 23-9, and then Eagles caught a last-second, like, Hail Mary and a two-point conversion. Um, I want to talk about the Seahawks first. Russell Wilson, 230 yards, one touchdown. Uh, DK Metcalf had a big game, 10 receptions, 177 yards, 13 targets. He was targeted 13 times. The next highest was uh, Jacob Hollister with five, so I think that's a big difference. Um, yeah. Him and Russ obviously have a great connection. Um, Eagles offense is just a complete joke. Um, Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, like, inter-swapping quarterback is just an absolute mess. You have them taking taking timeouts because uh, Wentz is out there, Hurts runs onto it, and next thing you know, they take a timeout, and then now Hurts is under center, Wentz is up as a wide receiver. It's just an absolute mess. Um, I think Carson Wentz is playing pretty bad, but I don't think, like, I don't really think Hurts can do much better. I mean – all of their skill players aren't very good because they can't. They haven't drafted well, and their defense isn't very good. Uh, I know Darius Slay was getting a lot of crap, but, I mean, like, other than – I mean, he got beat by DK, but, it, I mean, almost everyone does. I mean, Patrick Peterson contained him pretty well. But yeah. other than that, I thought he's played pretty great for the Eagles. I mean, he's been one of the only shining lights on defense. It's kind of <laughs> – I don't think he has a lot of help uh, in the defensive side of the ball, especially when their offense is struggling. Um, so, that's kind of my only takeaway. No – no big players in the Eagles really stood out to me. It was more just, honestly, an ugly game to watch. It was an ugly game to watch. I mean, perhaps the DK for his day, he had 10 receptions on seven yards, as you said. But, I mean, he's not Megatron. I, I, I know this isn't really like a takeaway in a whole, but he's not Megatron. Mm-hmm. Megatron doesn't never dropped open passes. Yeah, no, no. DK has like DK has like 12 a minimum of three open touchdown passes where he, they're just, they just hit him in the hands. Or he's let it get stripped from him on the one-yard line because he was celebrating like Deshaun Jackson. Or it's I mean, hit him running the helmet. So, my thing on that, I mean, DK's been absolutely fantastic. He's been way better than I thought. I was worried about his neck injuries. Yeah. I'm glad he's been healthy. It's been absolutely fa- fantastic to watch. I think, what, from his draft class, I mean, like, my favorite ones to watch have to be my three favorite. DK, McLaurin, and A.J. Brown literally every week are making plays. Um yeah. Uh, you can't ask out of those three. He definitely has the best quarterback. He has DK Metcalf. I know he has uh, Russell Wilson, second best, second best quarterback in the league. And McLaurin puts up crazy stats with one of the three wild cards he's going to get. And then AJ Brown's on a run heavy team with Ryan Tannehill. Um, but I think like the comparisons to like, I mean, he's a freak of nature. He's built like crazy, but I think he's in his second year. I think the comparisons to Megatron really just aren't even fair. Um, he's way better than he's supposed to be. At this point yeah. in his career, I would and agree. He's I think star. we should, yeah, we should just, we should just enjoy DK Metcalf and not worry about comparing him to all these other people. Just let him be him. Uh, I think instead of trying to make him into, uh, you know, the next Megatron, he's the next DK. He's not. Yeah. He's not like Megatron. Him and Megatron, they're built similarly, but like DK is a little bit like sh- built stronger in a whole 
But Calvin Johnson, you know, had a little better hands. Yep. So I What's mean, I, they're two. I think they're two different people. I just, I, I don't, I don't like when I hear this. He's the next Megatron, or he is Megatron, or him and Megatron are the same skill. Like, that's just not. That's not true. I'm pretty sure, like, like I, know, I think I saw something like his stats right now are better than him. But I mean, we have to go back and look at whoever Megatron had a, as a quarterback starting. Like, it's just, <laughs> and, and it's a, yeah, and it's <sighs> and and it's the league is so much more pass heavy now. So I like yeah. people try to make comparisons. I think we should just watch DK Metcalf. He's literally halfway through his second year ever. I mean, Megatron no. is about to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. So it's not even fair comparing him to that. It's pretty much before, like before I even consider the comparison, you have to have a three hundred yard game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. What's it called? There's so much. You have, and Megatron is literally one of the best of all time. Is you're asking the world for a guy that's played in what, like 25 games, 26, 27 yeah. games to be compared to Megatron? I mean, it's literally impossible. Like, you wouldn't, we wouldn't have seen enough unless, unless he's dropping 300 yards a game. But Tyreek Hill just dropped 293, and it's literally like everyone's going crazy because he was unguardable for a game. But like, yeah. Anyway, no, I thought. Yeah, the DK has been very exciting. I thought uh, he definitely is a presence. I know on the very oh, opening drive, they had two unsportsmanlike conducts because they just lit him up after plays because, I don't know, he's just a presence. I, I One of their T-tackles ran up and nailed him on – he was just standing over the play and nailed him afterwards. So, he's getting free yards for his team. Like, they're either taking cheap shots at him. So, um, definitely great for the team. Um, he's definitely bought into Seattle. And Russell Wilson, like we said, Russell Wilson now has Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And – Pretty much, you can just pick one each week. Who, it's almost like one or the other just goes completely off. Uh, like, and then, I mean, lock it at a bag, not a bad game, but a quiet game tonight. And then DK just feasted. So, I would agree. And DK's just been dominant. He, I, I you know, I didn't mean to sound like a hater. I, I like DK. I no, just, no, no, yeah, no. You're making a very, you're making a very like you're just clearing the air point because there is a lot of that. Yeah, he's not. But no I, one is. is. No one will ever be. No one yeah. will be. He's a very dominant wide receiver in the league right now. He has, uh, like, wide open catch. Like, he catches in traffic more. I think he catches more in traffic than he does wide open field, if I'm being completely honest. But, like, I've definitely been very, very – he has impressed me every single week he plays more and more. Yep. Especially since he's been consistent. And I didn't think anybody would be targeted more than Tyler Lockett with Russell Wilson, and he's just completely taken Tyler Lockett's position at wide receiver one. Well, I, I think Tyler Lockett honestly functions better as a gadget guy. I would agree. So I think that's good for the team. Um, the final game we're going to talk about is the Ravens and Steelers that got postponed from Thursday to Sunday to Tuesday and then finally played today, Wednesday, um, to wrap up week 12. The Pittsburgh Steelers won 19 to 14, and they're now uh, 11 and 0. The Ravens were decimated by um, COVID. They had Lamar Jackson out. Uh, Ingram and Dobbins were off the list, but they missed because of it. Uh, we had Mascara and another alignment out. Morgan Cox was out. Uh, Calais Campbell was out. Brandon Williams was on IR. So the team is just completely decimated. Robert Griffin the third started. The Trace McSorley came in in the fourth. Um, I thought Gus Edwards and Justice Hill played pretty well. Um, what's it called? Marquise Brown led the team in receiving with 85 yards, but like one of a, one play was like 60 yards for a touchdown. And other than that, the offense was pretty much terrible. Gus Edwards played pretty well. On the Steelers side, 
Um, ben Roethlisberger had he threw the ball 51 times, completed 36 of them for 266 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, I thought Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers' offense. Um, I thought his one interception in the red uh, in the red zone on like I think their first second drive was a pretty bad play. And overall, their offense didn't play great. I think Marlon Humphrey had two punch-out strips, which definitely could have been different, but they both went out of bounds. I mean, Marlon Humphrey's just an absolute baller. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Smith went down with the groin. Marcus Peters, uh, he had a really good play on, like, this first drive. Yeah, the first drive, they went three and out, where he, he guarded um, – out of Claypool. Yeah, Claypool. But other than that, he just seemed, like, a step behind and gave up a few first downs, and he started limping around. So I don't know if he was actually hurt or not. Uh RG3, we got at news after the game that he pulled his hamstring in the middle of the second and then still played the whole second or the rest of the second after out time and the third. So maybe he could have been a little bit more mobile. He did have, like, that one big, like, 40-yard run. But uh, overall, this is a close division game, and it's just a shame that Ravens-Steelers, which is definitely by far my favorite matchup of the year, and even if you're not a Ravens-Steelers fan, it's always a great game. Normally it's primetime. Thanksgiving would have been fantastic. Yeah. It's a shame that we didn't get to see all the stars. Like, on the – um. Steelers side, you didn't get to see James Conner to it or uh, Marcus Pouncey. Um, and, yeah, just having not having Lamar, Willie Sneed, Mark Andrews, uh, all the other people I named the offense, it's just a shame that you didn't get to see the, these two big division rivals go at it at full strength. And it was way closer than I thought. I thought the Steelers were going to run away with it. I, I would agree. I definitely thought the Steelers had this one, like, you know, securely in the bag. And I, I never completely fought out of that idea. Just because yeah. of just the way we were playing, the way they were playing. You know what like, I? You know what I was saying? Uh, I was sitting there, and people were there. Here, were getting all excited that we were still close. Uh, you weren't. Me and you watched the Steelers Cowboys game together. Yeah. Where the Steelers kept letting the Cowboys hang around. They were actually up for a little bit uh, on them. Yeah. Um, and then at the very end, they just come back and win. Uh, I was pretty much saying this is exactly the same thing. Where like. You think that you think the Steelers are going to pull away with? Uh, or you think the Ravens have a chance? Have a chance, and at the very end, Steelers are going to win. I had the same feeling the entire time. I thought there was no way the Steelers actually let this game go. Yeah. Uh I mean, there's just no matter no, how much I would have wished to seen it. I wanted I it mean, just because two it said, "Oh, this is an easy one." Like pad the stats. Yeah. I, I wanted it so bad, but I I didn't think there was a realistic chance. I thought Justice Hill and Gus Edwards were the highlight. I thought they both played very well. Just oh, so other than our defense, up. other than our defense, our defense overall. With the D line being completely decimated, played fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. looking at it, I mean, with Russell Griffin, with not Russell Griffin, <laughs> Robert Griffin the third playing injured, which apparently he's done pretty much his whole career. Um, he went seven for twelve, thirty-three yards, which is checkdowns. It's not nothing absurd. And one interception. I feel like he would have a lot more yardage if um, Des hadn't fell on his fell on his route. And um, who dropped it? It hit Des in the hands when he was like it coming out of his break. Like Des yeah. hadn't turned back for it. So those those are probably Robert Griffin's best passes. The one that hit Des when he wasn't looking, and then the one where you said that he found his route. That was gonna be a really good thing. I mean, the pick six really killed us. Yeah, um, I would agree. That's but, what happened I mean, last time, but. I mean, what's up? We weren't – I don't know. We weren't, in my opinion, we weren't really supposed to be – like, I mean, it's, people say it's going to be competitive because it's a division game. Uh, I thought this game was way closer than it should have been. I thought – I mean, the Steelers were just so stacked. They had, they almost had their whole full lineup. Uh, Bud Dupree went down with the 20 ACL. So, that definitely hurt, hurts them moving forward. I think out of this game, all they really wanted to do was probably get come out, out with, with no injuries. Come out with a cheap win and no injuries, and now they just lost their second linebacker for the year. Devin Bush already went out. So, that definitely hurts them. 
And even if they go 16-0, that's definitely going to hurt them for the playoffs because I know you know it. Bud Dupree is fantastic. So, yeah. uh, their linebacker core is definitely hurting. So, you're going to need uh, Hayward and all them to play even better. TJ Watt to keep playing well. But, yeah. Um, and then they need Joe Hayden and uh, Minka to completely con- continue to dominate. I mean, overall, I wouldn't – don't, like, be mad. I wouldn't get mad at um, RG3's gameplay or even the, any of the rush and anybody on our offense because we're going against one of the more higher-powered de- higher defenses in the league, if not the high- highest-powered, my, my opinion. And yeah. I saw a stat. It was uh, RG3, like – He's in the Browns, he's in the Ravens. He started three games since 2017. All three have been against the Steelers. That's just a shame. Yeah, it's just... that's, that's not the team we played against. He won last year, but that's just, that's just not the team you want to be making all your starts against because their defense is always fantastic, and they always play tough, especially if especially you're on the Browns. Stuff. Yeah, if you're the Browns or the Ravens, they're not they're not easing up, so that's definitely not the team you're going to be making your showcase like, games against. We talked about it earlier. Like Even with just Mason Rudolph, their teams against us when we were having our best regular season ever was close. Yep. So, I mean, like, these two teams, no matter who's on what team, it's going to be a physical team, physical game. There's going to be a lot of trash talking. And, you know, I'm surprised we didn't see it, but I was expecting a fight. Not mm-hmm. Maybe not a fight, but, like, a, you know, a little, like, skir- like skirmish for people. Yeah, I think there was a spacious. one instance. I know I saw on my phone when we were doing this, Juju – Posted something and Willie Sneed was. I think he posted when he was stiff arming the guy in the face, like by the goal line. And I'm pretty sure there was some clapback on Twitter. But I mean, those games are always chippy. But like I said, like our honestly, our heart and spirit wasn't really there. No. But Lamar's not there. Ingram's not there. Sneed brings energy. Andrews brings energy. Like Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even Dobbins on the on the defensive side. Clay's Campbell definitely brings energy. Brandon Williams. So I mean, Humphrey was Matt, definitely Matt there. Judon not being there. Yeah, um, but yeah, Judah's not being there. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a bunch of practice squad, practice squad guys running around. I, I don't really know if they're squaring up like that. Um, but yeah, now we're going to go over the current NFL playoff picture and just kind of talk about it. Uh, I'll talk about the teams that are just sitting outside looking in. Um, so we'll start with the AFC. That one's a little bit more competitive. Number one seed right now is Steelers, 11-0. and 0. Yep. Chiefs, 10-1. Titans eight and three, Bills eight and three. That is how division leaders are supposed to look. Just we'll get to the NFC in a little bit, but your wild card teams are the Browns eight and three, Dolphins seven and four, Colts seven and four. So that's the Raiders and the Ravens. Ravens both looking out at six and five right now. As of right now, do you think the wild card teams would end Browns, Dolphins, Colts? Um, or if you had to pick one that might drop. If I had to pick three. one that might drop, it'd be the Dolphins. Dolphins, okay. I, I think, think they have a hard the schedule. They have a hard oh, schedule, okay. and then you, the Colts are have been playing probably the most consistent football. They're not the best, but they're consistent. Mm. You know, every single week you're going to get 200 plus yards out of Phil Rivers. John Taylor's going to drop 70 plus. And yeah, they got him off the COVID list for next week too. Mm-hmm. And then whenever – and their defense is going to play like a top-five defense no matter who they're up against. I mean, the team – I know we know I know exactly what I'm getting out of the Colts, and I think they're too consistent to drop out. Um, I think the Browns' record schedule is just easy mode. They've been given pretty much a path to the wild card. And then um, I think the Dolphins with their hard schedule, they're – I don't want to say like – 
uh, quarterback conspiracy or quarterback controversy. I don't want to say that's going to be like a crucial part, but I think depending on who their quarterback is, I think that's going to either stunt or accelerate their growth. Well, even if they go with Tua, it's definitely hard to win down the stretch to make the playoffs because teams know what you're playing for and they're playing you hard. So, I mean, that's just asking a lot out of him anyway. Um, and they need Miles Gaskins back. Miles Gaskin back as fast as possible. I think I think I would go with. I kind of let me look up the Colts schedule. I'm kinda, I'm not huge in the Colts just because I really don't like Philip Rivers. But yeah, they play Texans, Raiders, Texans, Steelers, Jaguars. So Raiders Colts will be a big game. Yeah, that will either propel the Colts up further on the wild card or give the Raiders some hope. But I would definitely watch the I would definitely watch the Colts. I think I just think they're the least dynamic. If Tua comes in and he starts balling out like he did to the Cardinals game, they're definitely gonna be hard to beat. Um, now NFC side, uh, one seed is Saints with a nine and three record. Seahawks eight and three. Packers eight and three. Giants four four and seven. <laughs> uh, Rams seven and four. Bucks seven and five. Cardinals six and five. So right now three three of the NFC West teams are making the playoffs, which I mean, isn't terribly surprising. So my big question here is, um, do you think there's any team that could come up and potentially take the spot from the Cardinals or the Bucks? So potential teams would be Vikings, Bears, no one from the NFC least. Um, I, I guess you could say, I mean, no, because the Panthers are pretty bad too. I mean, Panthers, uh, season's over. They can't make it. So, I mean, so then who else are you really looking at? Because the Saints, Bucks are already there. Falcons aren't making it. I mean, I don't think they are. Um, Do you think Vikings or Bears have a chance? Because I would say no. I would say no. And I think probably Cardinals and Bucks probably, like, win, lose, win, lose. They probably pretty much split the rest of the week. Maybe win two or three. Maybe win three out of two. I think it's going to come down to I think if I had to pick Bears. one team, Vikings. I think Vikings. I'm I'm gonna say Bears, but I think this week was obviously an off week on defense. Yep. I think this is Trubisky's first week back in five weeks. Oh no, it's probably more. It's probably seven. Well, I think they had a buy in there too because we talked about that. Yeah, he started the first three, went three and L, then got benched. Okay. Okay. Um, Didn't he? Um. Didn't he play week four though? He played week four, then got benched Benched. in week four. Week four. Okay. So he hasn't played in six weeks. Yeah, that's a good amount of time. Um, so, I mean, that kind of messes up the fluidity and the chemistry you have on offense. And then he, he brings a whole different aspect of the rushing game. I think that this Bears def- – if any team is going to, I don't think any I, – I think it's pretty set in stone right now. But if one of those two is going to, I think it's the Bears. I would pick the Vikings because I know I have at least one pretty much solid piece, which is Davin Cook. He's going to be a workhorse. Yeah. And – Thielen and Jefferson have both been fantastic. So all I need is Kirk Cousins not to throw the game away, and they can win. That's literally all I needed. Like, because they can put up the points even if the defense isn't playing great. I just need yeah. Kirk Cousins not to beat us or beat themselves. But uh, I would pretty much keep that wild card how it is. Now I don't know who's doing the NFC East or the NFC, uh, NFC West with or the East actually to be honest. Um, I guess that could be the only change. I feel like the only change could be either Washington gets over the Giants or um, maybe the Rams catch the Seahawks. But I would, I would, if I had to put money on it now, Seahawks defense have played pretty well the last two weeks. Um, I would probably say Seahawks still winning it. And I think that the Rams will end better than the Cardinals just because 
kind of how we both agreed. The Cardinals just seem one week out when they're dropping games to like the the Dolphins, the Patriots, yeah. and they have to throw a hell mary to beat the Bills. They're just not fully there, and I think it's a large part because their defense is a little overrated. And yeah, that's pretty much it. The defense is overrated. It relies heavily on Patrick Peterson to completely take away the number one option, and then their linebacking core is beyond salvageable right now with Isaiah Simmons trying to carry it. Yep. And then yeah, like the we said this, you said this earlier, and I obviously 100% agree. Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. Not having oh, him, Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones yeah. I apologize. Not having him has just been like a. I would love to see. I would love to see them right now with them because that means they have a dynamic player on each level, and without yeah. it, it just hurts. I mean, Isaiah Simmons had a sack this week, which is good, but I mean, like it just, it definitely hurts them, and it's definitely clear that it does. Um, and yeah, I'm a big fan of me and you. I think we're both big fans of Buda Baker. Yeah. So I think and their Pat defense Pete. has stars. It's not. It's not very uh, – it doesn't have, like, they, a deep death. They but have it stars has, like the Rams do, but the Rams play better as a unit. Yes, I agree. And that could be coaching. Sean McVay just might and be a little bit better coach than um, – Every every Hank week, Barry. personally, I feel like I – feel, I feel like we have overrated their offense a little. Yeah. I think their offense is obviously one of the better in the league if it's firing. But it t- sometimes if you d- if they don't get sh- firing early, it it just appears that they get held. Well, throughout the I, whole game. I'm wondering if if um, Murray's like kind of tendering an injury because he's just seemed all of these last two games, and they keep shoving that ice pack or heating pack, whatever, under his heating pack right? shoulder. Yep. And I just don't know what's going on with that because if he's hurt, I would let him sit now. I mean, they are in the wild card race, but I mean, I would definitely want him healthy down the stretch, especially in like division games, and not be playing against the Patriots and losing anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. Like that, if he's if if he's hurt, they definitely have to address that because you don't want this man playing hurt and then messing him up for next year or later than this year. So I would that'd be my number one concern with them. Yeah, I would definitely. I for me, it depends on the severity of it. If it's just like. Uh, muscle, like a torn muscle, like not even like a torn muscle, but like a pulled muscle, like it's just sore, and like it, it's not really like. Yeah, it's just been. There's, if there's not a high risk of re-injury, and it's just like maybe sore, a little bit of discomfort, I would still send them out there because you need him. Yeah. But if yeah, it's like an actual, him. like you know, torn, like an, a muscle has been torn, torn muscle or some other problem in the shoulder, I would, I wouldn't start him. But. Yeah. I guess I I would have to be in that locker room to make this decision personally. Yeah, it's very true. Oh yeah, so um that was my that was my total takeaways for week eleven and twelve. Anything else you want to say, Evan? Uh no, not right now. All right, so um yeah, this was uh, Ethan Shap and Evan Silver, and this was uh, Sports by the Hour. <laughs>